the founder of Internet Money. We just got a, a chance to meet just a little bit ago. KG, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. It's It's been a pleasure thus far. <laughs> I agree. Uh, there's a ton I want to get into. Uh, but KG, since we you know just got to know each other now, I've been following your project, I would say, for the last month or so. Um, and I love the stuff you're doing, but I want to know like kind of what your background is and uh, what got you into crypto. Sure. Well, thanks for liking the project. We work very hard on it. Yeah. As far as what my background is, I've had every job under the sun. You know, I actually, my first job was at Subway when I was 15. My mom actually had to sign a waiver for me to use a knife to cut the sandwich. <laughs> and so my, but my entrepreneurial endeavor started a little bit before that. I actually stumbled on to drop shipping before drop shipping was like, oh, drop shipping. It was just like this weird underground thing. Like when I was 13 or 14 and I tried to create a store, it, it didn't work. I didn't know what I was doing. I was too young, but it was just, it was cool. I was like, yeah, I'll put a PlayStation and that's a cool jacket. You know, you just, whatever. There was no, I didn't get branding and, and all that at the time, but I've always been thinking creatively. And then after Subway, man, I've worked at gas stations, rehabs. I've been a waiter, you know, any job you want to really, I've been all over the board. And then I have also had two successful businesses, one in fixing and modifying iPhones. So not just fixing screens, but like I was deep, deep, deep into the jailbreaking community. If you're familiar with jailbreaking, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh very, I was one of the earlier YouTubers and, and look, it's out there. Eventually this community is going to stumble onto my old channel and see young nerdy braces KG, but mm. out there doing early jailbreaking stuff. And then went into real estate and I've been a licensed real estate agent for six years, almost six years now. And mm. so I built a successful real estate business and now I'm full-time crypto, but I was introduced to crypto in, well, when I was in high school, I found Bitcoin on the Silk Road. Now I didn't invest at that time. I was, you know, broke high school pleb, yeah. but you know, I was introduced. And so I've always kind of kept my eye on the industry, but I've been very, very, I mean, all day, every day deep in the industry or going on about two years now. Wow. So when you got into Silk Road, what was it like you were trying to, you were, were you looking at Silk Road to play with Bitcoin or what got you like excited or passionate about it? No, Silk Road fully onboarded me into crypto. I had like no idea that like Bitcoin was a thing. And then I just, I all like being into jailbreaking and stuff. I just always kind of liked that, just that weird underground internet mm -hmm. tech scene. I don't know if you know if you'll call it that, but yeah. And so I was like, oh, wait, there's this thing called the dark web. So then I nerded out on how to access that. And then, oh, well, there's this thing where you can buy. I didn't actually buy anything on the Silk Road, but I just want like part of the fun for me is accessing the thing mm -hmm. and so i accessed the so and then like they used to have banners going across the silk road like bitcoin 80 dollars. i remember seeing it like at 80 bucks or something and yeah. i was like oh my 80 dollars and yeah. then you know, hindsight but it was just crazy like seeing all these different things priced in bitcoin i had never seen that but it like, didn't mm -hmm. didn't make sense in my mind at the time like all the it just didn't make sense at the time yeah yeah, it seems so like alien to me when I got into it. Um, I was doing enterprise software sales and uh, 
we would sell these big deals and then we get huge commission checks. And then, you know, everybody in, you know, on the Salesforce were DGENs. And we, I would just hear about somebody put in 20 K, you made 120 K by in like two weeks. Mm. And I'm just like, what, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and so we all got into it. So we all aped in, took commission checks, got into Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, all the coins. I got in all the shit coins, all the ICOs. Mm. And I learned a ton from that. Um, so it's interesting that like, my, and then now I fell in love with the tech afterwards, but it was my entry point to it was really just like a bunch of salespeople needed to know what to do with their commission checks, throwing it into crypto. And then everyone talks about it. And what was interesting is all of our clients started getting into it too. So that was like a point of relation cool. with like anybody we were selling into. Yeah. Your, your story sounds a lot like mine in that Don, who's my partner, co-founder, he likes to say we came for the gains, but stayed for the tech. And yeah. I find that to be so true. Yeah. <laughs> um, the tech better be good now because the gains are down. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, so since you were in early, um, so one of the projects that I was involved with, they do like decentralized RPCs. I think you might be familiar with that with like Infura or any of the like Alchemy, these kinds of things. But uh, they believe in uh, the decentralized future and they believe in a multi-chain future. What you're building is playing towards that. We'll talk a little bit about what you're doing a little bit later, but could you talk to me about how you see the future? So there's, you know, Ethereum, which is great. We both like Pulse Chain, which is coming out in the near future. There's Avalanche, there's Matic. How do you see the multi-chain landscape kind of um, over the next few years? I think it's inevitable because crypto is an extension of the human. And if you look around the world, look, there's no one type of person. There's not one sport. There's not one religion. There's not one philosophy. There's not one language. There's not one music type. To say that there's going to be one chain is like this is the only thing in existence that humans have created that would not be in line with the rest of creation. Mm. So we're almost certainly, we already do have multi-chain and we're almost certainly going to continue to have more. Some are going to die, new ones are going to come out. But I think the real future, or at least the future that probably needs to happen in this multi-chain future is just a more cohesive way interact with and operate with each other so that way i can mm. do what i want over here on my chain but hey look you got something cool on your chain how can i just kind of come over there and you know so we have bridges and we're doing rap stuff and we're having you know like change now is kind of a cool thing where it's not really smart contract you know there's like centralized points of failure but still we're we're working towards that interoperab interoperability in the multi-chain and i think to me, that's what seems like is going to continue to play out. Do you think that like the EVM chains will win out? Do you think there's like room for like a Cardano type of thing? Solana, they're a little bit different. Solana, you know, I'm not a huge fan of just because they 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 shouldn't be going down this many times. However, more the point of like different types of kind of blockchains. I think the EVM model is obviously dominating, but I don't think it's going to be the only model i mean even cardano's kind of an evm like kind of right because 
Ethereum created smart contracts. And so even though Cardano didn't use the EVM model, well, they're still using smart contracts. So it's like their lineage, so to speak, is still some derivative of Ethereum, right? Because hmm. they created the technology. So I think this, you know, like Bitcoin, for example, it, it's kind of in a way dead tech. And I, I'm not again, I'm not anti-Bitcoin, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Bitcoin is the OG. Pay respect where respect is due. It's just, right. it's kind of what, you know, you can't expand upon it. And there is a beauty to that. There is a beauty to it being what it is, but there's also a beauty to being able to say, hey, I want to build tools that can replace centralized finance. So probably a place for both. All, probably you, a place for all. Maybe I'll ask this later, but I was going to say, do you have plans for internet money working with a Bitcoin wallet? As in our wallet supporting Bitcoin? Yeah. Yeah, so in the future, we do want to expand out of the EVMs. But one thing that we've seen that we've identified as a problem is you see these newer wallets popping up and they just try to shotgun blast, right? They're like, we support every chain. Right. And first of all, that creates some unforeseen problems or can, but also you're, you're not really honing in on a market. Hmm. And so we really want to, and look at the MetaMask. They are the single most successful crypto wallet in their only EVM. Yeah. So we really want to focus in and really build out a strong EVM product first. And then as time goes on, yeah, let, let's expand out to Bitcoin. Let's expand out to Cardano. Let's expand out to these other chains and then create ways for those chains to interact with the EVM. So maybe maybe we're one of the key players in the future of this interchain operability. Yeah, I love that. That's a great answer. Um, let me just go to the chat really quick before I go to the other points I want to cover. Uh, question to get the, uh, why don't we cover this actually at the end? Uh, when we get to internet money. So why don't we get into that now, actually? So so if you could just um, paint kind of the picture for the current wallet landscape and then where you fit into kind of the mix here. Sure. So the current wallet landscape is it's kind of all over the place, right? You have a lot of great wallets out there. I'm not going to be the guy that sits here and says, oh, all wallets are you know, pieces of crap. They're not. MetaMask is awesome. Let's be honest. We wouldn't be here today without MetaMask. So again, mm -hmm. pay respect where respect is due. They they were out there in the jungle with the machete, chopping up the chopping up the trees. So there are some really awesome things, but I think one of the biggest problems with crypto wallets is they don't they don't make it easy or approachable for the new person in crypto. Everybody yeah. that's in crypto right now, or most people are crypto nerds. And that's okay. I love being a crypto nerd, but I'm not onboarding my mom into crypto through the existing landscape. It's just not going to happen. I'm not onboarding most people into crypto through the existing landscape. It's like, hey, let me take you out for a two-hour steak dinner, and I'll get you into crypto by the end of it. Maybe if Coinbase accepts your ID. Maybe if Wire on MetaMasks allows you to fiat on-ramp 300 bucks this week. It, yeah. It's just, there's no approachability and even if you do get them to get in it's like it's still so overwhelming where do i go from here so one thing that we're really focusing on is you know within the wallet we have free crypto giveaways for everybody that downloads we have a referral program to encourage downloads which is great because people don't have to kyc they can onboard into you could onboard someone into crypto in five minutes in an elevator literally 
And then we also are heavily focused on education. So right now, you know, we're in beta. The education play hasn't fully reared its head, but that's our focus and our aim and our mission is teaching people, okay, you're in, you have it. Where do you go? What do you do? Who do you reach out to? So we want to be that, we want to be that first stop, I guess, but also be relevant for existing people to transition into and people to grow with. We don't want to be so beginner that it's like, okay, now evolved out of internet money. We right. want to create a pathway for people to grow with us. And I think that's ultimately what I see is missing in other crypto wallets. Absolutely. And then there's this other component to it where I think it's called the, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a WD and I think there's a FWD token. But <clears throat> essentially, um, if you own those tokens, um, I think you had described this, you know, with quotes, obviously, it's like shares in a company, um, where if you own those tokens, you earn some of the fees, like we would pay MetaMask fees, instead of paying MetaMask, we would then pay the holders of these tokens to gain the fees in whatever native currency that is that it's being transacted on. Is that correct? 100% correct. Yeah. So that's, I think, a very interesting component here where MetaMask is kind of the middleman, or at least for, uh, it's taking a middleman fee. Whereas in this wallet, not only is it more user-friendly, um, can help with interoperability, I hate that word, yeah, um, you can also gain a piece of the fees. And I think, could you talk about how those fees are made? Like, how do you make the fees? And then in which currency are you receiving the fees? Sure. So to provide a, also a little context, I see some new names out there in chat. Welcome. Yep. Our The internet money wallet, like all crypto wallets, when you swap from one asset to another within the wallet, a fee is charged. If you're using MetaMask or Trust Wallet or Exodus or what, any of these other wallets, the creator of the wallet keeps 100% of those fees, which, hey, look, that's their business model. In our model, we have created a token, Internet Money Wallet Dividend or WD. 100% of the fees go to the holders of the WD token, the dividend token. Now, another difference with our wallet is like in MetaMask, for example, you pay the fee in the asset you're swapping out of. In our wallet, you pay the fee in the form of the native coin. So if you're on Ethereum and you're swapping from token A to token B, you pay the fee in ETH. That ETH gets distributed to the holders of the dividend token. So by holding this, no staking, no delegating, no locking up, your WD is always liquid. You earn passive income in the form of ETH, Pulse, BNB, AVAX, Phantom, whatever chain we launched the dividend token on. Hmm. That is awesome. And the FWD, I watched another stream you were on, which I thought, this is the problem I have now. I sacrificed for Pulse Chain, sacrificed for PulseX, many other things. And then you have this concept, which I think is awesome, where uh, the FWD token, you could still, you can have that token now. And like for me, like for example, you know, those old wallets that I had, like, I don't want to keep up to date. I want to switch the wallets or I want to refresh it, have a new hardware wallet. So I thought that was such an innovative way to kind of deal with that problem. Yeah, we we called that or coined it, no pun intended, as mm -hmm. tokenizing the sacrifice set. Mm -hmm. Because we, so when we first launch, the, the dividends are going to come out on Pulse Chain, Ethereum, and B, BSC or BNB Smart Chain now it's called. Well. That's great, but 
as one year passes, as five years pass, as all this time passes, if we didn't have a way to move that, then the person who sacrificed is going to have to, like you said, keep up with that wallet forever. What if you get hacked? What if you lose the seed? What if something happens? Well, then you're kind of screwed in the other reality. So FWD, you hold that and you get airdrops to all future for all future EVM chains to whatever wallet you're holding that in. And it's also cool too, because beyond just the, the movability of the sacrifice, you, you get another asset that doesn't inherently do anything. It's just like a, a certificate, if you will, but it's a speculative token because let's yeah. say we make the announcement, Hey, launching dividends on phantom. Maybe it pumps, maybe it dumps. I don't know. Is the community bullish on phantom? Who knows? Mm. So it's like it has, it does have a value. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, I think people will probably copy that innovation because it just makes so much sense to do it that way. I had a question. So the first sacrifice was for Pulse Chain, and then this one is for Ethereum, I think, Binance, and you get the FWD. Because Pulse Chain is FWD, technically, do you get the Pulse Chain tokens for that? Nope. No, so, because that one was called out specifically. Yes. Okay. Yep. So participated in the first. If you want WD on Pulse Chain, the only way to get it at this point in time, is you're gonna have to buy it from somebody when it launches. There's okay. no other way to get it. Got it. Okay. I'm gonna definitely get in on that. If anybody's trying to sell it, let me know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I I really like your model because it's just like, you know, it you know it's an easy onboarding thing too in terms of an investment. Because you're like, hey, this wallet gets you um, exposure to all of these different chains. And I think that's what's really interesting. Whereas you don't have to pick the horse. It's kind of more investing in crypto overall or at yes. least EVM chains. Um, now, the wallet still has to be successful. But you see you kind of hedge in that way where now you can get access to all these different things, um, which I thought was really cool. So the people I've talked to, actually, it was a pretty easy like conversation and uh, I think you have some new sacrifices through that. I don't know what they did, but oh, uh, thanks, it sounded good. Yeah. Um, so cool. So let me go to the chat really quick since we covered some of that stuff. It says, question, to get a copy of my IM in Binance on Ethereum, does it have to be held on my MetaMask wallet or IM wallet? So to add a little clarification there for those that are new, right now, internet money, IM, not the dividend token. It's a different token. It was the first token we launched actually over a year ago at this point. If you, it, it exists on Binance. If you hold it there, when we launch IM on Pulse Chain and IM on Ethereum, you'll get a one-to-one -one airdrop of IM on those chains. You do, you, as long as you're holding it in a wallet you own the private keys to, you're going to get the airdrop. It can be a MetaMask. It could be IM wallet. It could be on a ledger. It could be wherever, as long as you own the private keys. And actually, to take it one step further, I'm not going to go too far down this rabbit hole, but for those that know, it's actually pretty cool. If you're actually providing liquidity on the on Binance for IM, you are still going to get your copy. Our code takes into account the, the IM that's been provided in liquidity and credits it to the liquidity providers. So if you're not providing liquidity, you might not care, but if you are, that was a cool feature we added. Cool. And internet money, do you buy that on like Pancake Swap? Like, are th are there DEXs that have it? Yeah, just Pancake Swap right now. Pancake Swap. Okay, cool. Good to know. 
Uh, Raj, what's going on? We got DJN Dougie, what's going on? Uh, Mr. Raka, great to be here. We have the Hexagon contractor. Hey, boss, is there a benefit to sack from different addresses? No benefit. I mean, well, okay, I don't want to say no benefit. Security, maybe. Yeah. Security. But also, we saw in our last sacrifice set other projects that came out. They get so there was one that you got, you know, Power City, I think, gave a bonus, yes. right? Yeah. Power City, the Coast Project, you got X amount of tokens for whatever wallet you sacrificed from. So if you sacked from five wallets, you would have gotten those tokens five times over. There was the, the Poor Pleb Project that, you know, mm -hmm. internet money sacrificers under $1,000 able to claim some free tokens so that's not an endorsement of any of those projects necessarily I, I have nothing negative to say about them but just that those are examples of when we went into our sacrifice set we didn't know that was going to happen but there it is three different projects brought utility to our sacrifice set so I there might that. be benefits but there's no bonuses on our part for Makes sacrificing sense. different wallets cool chandra says hey shahan hey kg what's going on Deep T, hi. Um, crypto trader today, KG, make a giveaway here. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Asking for free money. All right. Zen Zen, hello. Giveaway money. Um, love Rich. Hey, I am wallet has cheaper fees also. Okay. That's a great thing to know. It is very WD, true. I think they meant. Yeah. Um, what are the upcoming utilities planned? Well, real quick to touch on Love Rich. Yeah. Yep. So, so using like MetaMask and Trust Wallet as the standard, Trust Wallet has a 1% fee for swapping. MetaMask has a 0.875% fee. Internet Money Wallet has a 0.729% fee. So it is lesser than the major competitor. I can't say lesser than every single wallet. I don't, right. I don't know that to be a fact, but lesser than the major competitors. Cool. Rocket says, what are the upcoming utilities planned? Do you mean for the tokens or for the wallet? I don't want to just go on a rabbit hole tangent. Okay. I would imagine for the wallet, um, since we're doing the sacrifice or it's tomorrow, why don't we focus on that? Sure. So you can actually check out our roadmap on internetmoney.io forward slash sacrifice. It's not the complete roadmap. There are some things that we've reserved for competitive advantage, but you can see at least the overall direction that we're trying. And it's more than just get listed on CoinMarketCap, CoinGecko. Mm -hmm. It's an actual like comprehensive roadmap. We've broke some of it down into quarters. And so that's a really good place to check out if you want to see where we're, the direction we're going to go in. But the, yeah, there you go. The first, one of the first major things we're going to focus on after we get to version one is NFTs feel very important and it seems to be important to the community. And we want to bring that, you know, that NFT community into the wallet because right now you can't interact with your NFTs on the wallet. And so we feel like to really be relevant in the EVM space, you've got to have NFT integration. So otherwise you're literally leaving out a complete, a complete group of people. Yep. Um, Interesting project, KG. Thank you. Zen Zen says so cool. Speaking of Zen, um, this seems like it would be a very natural synergy with them because they're going to be launching all the different chains 
And then this would be a great wallet to kind of go between, between all the different chains. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan of Jack. I, yeah. I streamed with him, had him on my show, stream like four times now. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I, I like what Jack's doing. I like Jack as a person. I think the ethos of the project is very cool. I think him as a human being, he's got a great philosophy. And so, you yeah. know, one thing that we're not ready to do just yet, but one thing that we want to work towards is, you know, we're going to come up with a better name, but right now we're calling it the front end section where mm. different projects like Zen, like Hex, like Liquid Loans, like, you know, insert project here on whatever chain. We could work with their devs. You know, we could find some way to work together where we build front ends within the wallet for these protocols. So using, using Zen yeah. as an example, you go in there and it's like, hey, right from the internet money wallet, go mint your Zen. Or hey, mm. download the internet money wallet, claim free Zen. Like, mm. So that's the direction we want to go to. I love that. Yeah. Kind of building from the great foundation out to the yes. different communities and bringing them all in. Um, I think that's great. Exactly. Um, Raj, Raj says, it seems that a lot of projects from 2022 are gone and failed to deliver on their promises. How will internet money avoid the same fate? How can we be confident that won't disappear a year from now? Great question. I love that you're asking that. You should always be this skeptical with everybody. Look, everything we're building could go to zero. 100% it's a possibility. Well, not 100%, but there is some possibility that this goes to zero, that everything fails. And so when you're investing money here, investing money anywhere, you should never invest what you can't afford to lose. So that's right. so, so just in case something does happen, you're you're still okay. Now, we have already delivered on many of our promises, right? The wallet is already in public beta. You can download it on Android, iOS, and Chrome. We have an established company. So we are doxed people. And now, you know, that doesn't mean anything, right? Sam Bankman-Fried was doxed and look what he did. So you can't say, oh, founders, team is doxed, so I'm safe. No, it doesn't mean that. But we have layers of social credibility. We have already a track record of doing what we say we're going to do. I, whether you believe me or not, through this weird internet screen that you're listening to me from, I have every intention in my reality to continue building, to continue bringing this to life. I believe this is going to be successful. So I'll never be able to convey my level of sincerity and what I feel inside. But whether it's with, with us, internet money or whoever, again, as long as you're always investing and yeah, okay, no, not financial advice, but look, if if someone takes this financial advice, I'm not necessarily feeling bad about it. Don't invest what you can't afford to lose. I never put a single dollar anywhere that if mm. I, I expect to lose all my money. And then if I don't, great. But if I do, I'm still paying my rent. My children are still eating. No one is negatively impacted. Yeah, it sucks to lose money, but nobody's negatively impacted by it to a degree that would ruin our life. So I think as long as you approach it with that mentality you really can't go wrong really anywhere in crypto. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I, I always say that, you know, don't invest more than you can afford to lose. Sometimes dollar cost averaging is a great in and out of the market. 100%. And then the other thing, you know, I, I encourage those that are listening, try to find, if you have a nine to five job, try to find, like invest in yourself, get good at graphic design or web design or whatever it is. Even if it's driving Uber on the weekends, get a little bit of money on the side so that all of the salary can go towards your bills. And then when opportunities like this arise, 
you can decide whether this is a good opportunity for you to get in, right? Get in early to these projects. And crypto is unique in the way that you can get in involved in projects like an accredited investor would um, in other projects. You know, it's very unique in that opportunity where you don't get that outside of crypto. Now, as KG said, most startups fail and uh, that's a big possibility. However, if there's a community, if it fits within the ethos, which I think in terms of timing, KG, I mean, this is like needed more than ever. Self-custody, the first principles of crypto, uh, not your coin, not your keys, not your coins. All that stuff is super important. And I think the timing of this is really good. So that as you're looking at projects and researching, look at, you know, what happened? What was the cause of all of the collapse just recently? And then does this fit with the narrative that we need to get into for the future? You know? That's one of the things I would kind of take a look at, you know, as you look into investing in different things. That's great advice that I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, here we say agree after Luna crash and FTX things, lost some faith in crypto somehow, scared of exchanges. Yeah, you should be. Um, those are IOUs. <laughs> yeah, literally like look, we are in a way bound to exchanges because we still have to you know, fiat in, fiat out. But when I use, I use exchanges, but I'm in and out. Like literally as quick as I can be, I'm almost nervous while I'm in there. So use them when you have to, just don't hold your crypto there. Like that's the big thing. If FTX, if people fiat in or fiat into it, fiat out of it, you would, they wouldn't really have been wrecked unless literally, you know, the mathematical improbability of the moment you were going in or out, it crashed. Sure, I'm sure that happened to somebody. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, if you're not holding your crypto there, it's not really the, the risk isn't to you. But you're right. It, it is scary because it's like it, centralized exchanges are a franchise of the bank model, but they don't have regulations or insurance that the bank mm -hmm. has. So I don't love regulation in crypto, but if you're a centralized exchange, I'm kind of leaning towards you probably need a little bit of regulation, man. They're they're like mobsters out there. Oh my God. Yeah. If you keep your coins on exchanges, you're funding Caroline's new Bahama house. Okay. <laughs> That's what's happening. I hope uh, you have this share. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. So this was the website someone put in Loverinch internet money. .io, that's slash sacrifice. I don't want to forget this. So I'm going to go to that page right now. Um, I had it up, but I, I would like you to just um, kind of talk through what this is because this is timely. The other stuff you guys can kind of research after, but this is a bit timely. You could see here there's one day, five hours left. Yes, sir. And anything Love Rich puts in the chat, he's actually an admin in our community. First of all, shout out okay. to you, bro, for all your hard work. So he is, you know, He's an admin, so he knows what's he knows what's going on. So okay, uh, yeah. So this is the sacrifice page. So they have one day, and then basically, if you guys don't know what a sacrifice is, it's um, a way for you to get involved in the project. And again, the project has to launch all those things, but you send it to this address for Ethereum, and I think these are all EVM based chains, so you can yep. send it from the same address on those chains, and you send it to here. And then I think there's a website called Hex Pulse. Uh, I think it's hexpulse.com. Then you go to the sacrifice section, go to internet money, and you can check how much you oh, sacrificed. Yeah. Got you. Got you even better. Internetmoney.io forward slash points. 
Okay. There you go. Let me yep. just show okay. that. Check that out. And th there's a button on the bottom of this page. We need to make it a little more intuitive. But so if you see right there where it says multi-chain, so yep. those are the points for this sacrifice. If you switch, if you click on the drop down, you can switch to pulse chain and that'll show you uh, right. I can't Yeah, right there. Then, yeah, it'll show you the points from the first sacrifice. So this is for both sacrifices here. Awesome. Okay. Yep. So it's probably better to do it there. Maybe safer. I don't know who does the other site looks fine, but you never know. Oh, no. Um, uh, it, it's a developer out there. His name is Jay. Incredible okay. dude. Very, very smart. Very good at what he does. But for the last sacrifice, there was a little discrepancy in, mm -hmm. in the way we calculated and the way he calculated. And so just to, for checking official points, you should check our site because those are the points that we're going to go by. Great. Yep. Uh, Nitin says self-custody always. Um, great explanation. Awesome. Here, Uber driver. Okay, great. Awesome. The Uber drivers, it's your best way. You know, you have fine, you can work for yourself and then find opportunities maybe in the car, listen to this stream, listen to all the KG's uh, previous streams so that you can learn um, about crypto kind of while you're on the road. So that's a, it's a great way, actually. You're better positioned than many other people in that way. Agreed. Um, be conservative with investments so it doesn't hurt you to lose it all. Never all in. Okay, good advice. Yep. Hello, guys. Maybe a vague question. How would you describe the mood within the team nowadays? Mega bullish. Motivation at an all-time high. We we say a lot of things that people might think are corny, but mm. we actually believe like, this is how we operate. And a Napoleon Hill quote is actually, we see only the objective, the obstacle must give way. And mm. so... We, we can't set expectations of profit. It could go to zero, but we can set expectations of product. We are going to build what we say we're going to build, and we're going to do it to the best of our abilities. So, yeah, there, there's hardships. There's hurdles. There's days of demotivation, but, you know, the tide ebbs and flows. We just happen to flow more than we ebb. Yep. Awesome. Um Loverich says, hey, everyone, check out the calculator for possibilities. I like to get the dopamine flowing by adding <laughs> MetaMask numbers. Hell yeah. Without risk, don't expect a reward. That's in life and anything you do, in my opinion. Awesome. Love Rich. Yeah, you can find those calculators on the sacrifice page. Cool. Hexing Contractor, do you have a preferred fiat on-off ramp? Should I not use Coinbase? I know to get in and out ASAP. Well, I was kind of a proponent of coinbase as being my go-to but then i tried to send some usdc to someone uh, to pay them for something and because their address was flagged for some reason completely unrelated to me i was given no warning or anything mm -hmm. i now can't fiat into or swap my crypto in coinbase anymore for like i got like you know soft ban for like three or four months it's like wow that's a little weird so I've been a Coinbase customer for, you know, two, two to three years now. And it's like, yeah, so that may, so then my, I, the, actually the first exchange I ever used was Kraken mm -hmm. and I like Kraken a lot. They have more of a, they seem to have a better philosophy, better ethos. Now they do have fees, which is, I, I don't like, and that's one reason I really liked Coinbase, but the Kraken has never locked me out. Coinbase has. So if I had to, 
I don't even like recommending one, but the one that I am personally using at this moment in time for most of my fiat on ramping and off ramping is Kraken. Yeah. It's kind of like a necessary evil, you know, yes. uh, all of them have the problem, you know, as you guys know, self-custody, all that stuff's really important. One of the things that MetaMask and I think Ledger and a few other wallets have is your ability to buy crypto with credit card or debit card. Is that something part of the future roadmap? I didn't, I don't know if I saw that in there or not. Yeah. So when we put, you know, fiat on an off ramp, that's what we were talking about. Okay. You enter into very different waters when you start introducing fiat into crypto wallets. And excuse me. And that's just not a, we're just not ready to go down that path yet. So it is, it is on the future roadmap. We're just not there yet. Okay. Uh, Raj ETH says, damn, just download the internet money wallet. That's amazing. Hell yeah. Thank you. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. We got one day left. Okay. We got to get that number up. <laughs> Let's um, do it. Brizology says regulations don't necessarily stop the bad guys, but it does keep the honest people honest. It's like a door lock. Doesn't keep the bad guys out. Keeps the honest people honest. Interesting. Yeah, that's actually one of my older, wiser friends. He said that to, to Briss all What's up, Briss, by the way? And to his point, he said, uh, doors keep animals out. Locked doors keep honest people out. Hmm. I like, like that. So, someone's throwing a brick through your window. No lock stopping. No lock stopping that. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right, Francis says, hello, all. Hello, hello. Uh, Junebug, can I sack again from the same address? You can. Answer is yes. Raj, and, and, what are the greatest challenges that IMT are finding at them? Oh, sorry, were you saying something, KG? Well, I was just going to say real quick on, uh, I think, if I'm if I'm mistaken, correct me. Is it Yoonbug? Like Carl Yoon? Oh, Yoonbug. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. I don't know, because I saw the the whole, like, you know, matrix looking thing. That would oh, be cool. right. Yeah, yeah. I see it on right there. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, what are the greatest challenges the IM team are finding at the moment? Hmm. I'm not, like, we are facing challenges, but I don't know what the greatest challenge is. I don't know everything. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying it to be, be a challenge, but would you say like just getting the word out, you know, getting, you know, I know a bunch of people already have downloaded thousands of people have downloaded the wallet, but it, maybe that's one of the things, not a challenge, but like a goal. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I guess, I guess I would say really going from this public beta to the version one that we want to be at, I get, I don't want to call it a challenge as if not to imply that we're not capable, but challenge. And there's a lot of, intricacies and so it's complex you know mm -hmm. when you're testing everything in a, in a small environment you know first it's the initial team then we then we we move to a, a private beta and now you know there's thousand thousands of people across the world different devices different operating systems you know you're getting this like oh hey on my iphone 7 on ios 12 in turkey i'm having this one issue on a tuesday it's like okay how so it's it's becoming like really setting our systems and navigating through all those intricacies and fixing all these issues and really pushing towards getting to that version one. I would say this is this right here has been the most complex part mm -hmm. of the project. 
Great answer. Um, Nin says, has anyone come across this project called Smog? They are apparently building an NFT marketplace with Fiat on-ramp. No, I haven't heard of them. Never heard of it. Um, Yoon Bug or June Bug, we'll find <laughs> out. Let us know what that is. Yeah, uh, please do. <laughs> Deep D says, I have one question regarding keeping USDT in Binance or any other exchange. Is USDT safe from DPEG? No. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, don't keep it in an exchange. That's risk one. Yep. Risk two is no stable coin is, in my opinion, technically safe from a DPEG. Sure, there are layers to it, but for me, I, I like I like the collateralized or the I don't even know how to like how to the DeFi collateralized stable coins like liquidity on Ethereum. Now they're a smaller project or kind of a newer model. You know, they're not as battle tested. So there's maybe some risk there, but I mean, their philosophy seems well thought out. And I like ETH being the collateral. For example, if you go with USDT, like if you ever go out on a nerdy freaking stable coin rabbit hole, you find that one of the things that is collateralizing USDT is commercial paper. I don't even really know what that means. I, I looked into it a little bit. It's, I don't know, maybe I'm not even going to try to speak to it like I know. Overall, I did I, I don't know what that means, but they have all these different types of collateral and it's like all these different points of failure. Whereas a protocol like Liquidity or LUSD on Ethereum, their only collateral is Ethereum. That's it. Hmm. So it's like there's less points. I, I like as... Every every system, no blessing is curse free. Every system has its failure points. I like systems that have as as few, obviously, as few failure points as possible. That's a great answer. I you know I, I have problems with uh, stable coins, and uh, yeah, I think that's a great. I didn't know you said it was liquidity or liquidity. Yeah, uh, are you familiar with liquid loans? Yeah, it's it's the protocol they're forking. Okay, got it. It's literally just like it's a hard name. It's liquidity. Okay, liquidity. Okay, <laughs> no. Okay, that maybe that explains. I didn't say I didn't get involved in that one because I was like, the more research I was doing, I thought they were the same thing. But I was like, but they have different names. I was like, something weird's going on. Okay, so that makes sense now. Yep. Uh, liquidity is the one. Um, I'll definitely check that out, and I want to get involved in liquid loans at some point too. Sure. Uh, generating wallet too. Good. Download the wallet. Check it out. The beta is out. Make sure to check it out. Download it. This will be your go-to wallet. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, the Hexen contractor hit the likes. Absolutely. Thank you. Do it. Uh, Love Rich. If you're new and plan to sacrifice for the freedom of time, please sacrifice from a wallet in which you hold the keys. Do not sacrifice from a centralized exchange. That's a good point. Great disclaimer. Thanks, Love Rich. Hexen, thank you for the solid info. Very bullish. Love it. Um, the good vibe you guys always is unique and just want to say, keep the work up, man. Doing great. Thank Appreciate you. you. I'm holding PAX G as stable. Okay. Um, Tony Montana, what's going on, man? Hey, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. All right. We got Tony Montana. Dixon says, paper, are you in bed with Dunder Mifflin KG? I saw Dixon on another chat say his name and it when it clicks, it'll click. Dixon Cider. <laughs> oh my God. 
I got destroyed. I got absolutely destroyed. The internet is undefeated, and I got wrecked. Thank you. Dick's Cider or Dick's Insider. Thank you. I'm a moron is what you're trying to say. Yes. Uh, Brizology liquidy. Yeah. All right. Um, there's reason nobody sacrificed LUSD yet. There's a reason nobody sacrificed LUSD yet. What's up, Abonix? Uh, maybe, maybe he's saying that it's good, or maybe he's saying that it's bad because LUSD is is an accepted asset for the sacrifice. It's the only asset that we've gotten zero dollars in, but we didn't. It wasn't initially on there. We added it like maybe a week or two weeks in. So. Okay. Yep. Dixon, short dicks. Um, <laughs> Rizology, got him. Yeah, I got. Yeah. Right? I'm a little slow. Okay. No, 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 it took it took a minute. So, well, he was on another stream, and literally for the rest of the stream, I just started calling him Mister Cider because I was like, "Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not. You got me once. Shame on me. I'm not saying. Uh, it. I'm not saying it." Dixon, you're a legend on this channel. Okay. Um. Ebonics lover, the best table so far, LUSD. Okay. So I had a question. I have to go to the bathroom really quick, but I'm going to ask you a question right before that. Yep. Um, could you give some tips because you're in, you're in wallets, um, you have your own wallet, but you also talk about the importance of hardware wallets. Yep. Can you give some tips about how to manage your hardware wallet or how to think about using your hardware wallet and its connection to actually what you're doing? Sure. Cool. All right. Enjoy. So hardware wallets. They're a very important component in crypto because the the device itself stores your seed phrase. And that seed phrase is generated offline on the device. And the seed phrase is never known by an online device. So, you know, if, if on MetaMask, even on the internet money wallet right now, if you generate a seed phrase, well, it's stored on your device, which is connected to the internet. So, you know, most of the time it's usually okay, but it is an additional level of security risk. So hardware wallets are really great. And our wallet, the internet money wallet, right now we support Ledger and Trezor is coming soon. So you'll be able to use those two. And we want to work towards a future where we support more hardware wallets. But everybody listening... If you're going to be a serious crypto knot, you've got to get yourself a hardware wallet. You absolutely have to. It's just the inevitable step in your crypto journey. Awesome. Yep. Um, so uh, those of you guys in the chat, make sure to ask any more questions that you have. I know there's one that just came in. I want to talk about some subject outside of crypto, but we will come back to that um, at the end. There's one more here from... Uh, the Abonics lover and KG, let me know when you have a hard stop. Um, good, man. Good. Okay. So I only have Trezor's wait until it's compatible with IM wallet before I download it. If you want to use a Trezor and only Trezor, then I would have to say yes to that. We, we actually built out the Trezor functionality and so it's working in our test environments, but and I can dive deep if someone actually cares to go deep, but there's ultimately an issue on Trezor's end that they're pushing out a fix for 
newer apps coming to the Chrome store. So some apps are already grandfathered in like MetaMask, but Trezor is is pushing out. Yep. So it, the pause is on Trezor's side. So we've gone as far as we can take it at this moment in time. Okay, cool. I think they're asking about the hardware wallet. Do we really need a hardware wallet? I think. I mean, okay, if you're talking about hardware wallet, it, it depends. I mean, if you want to practice good crypto security, the answer is yes. If look, if you're playing around with, well, it depends. It depends on what your risk tolerance is because it is more risky to not use a hardware wallet. Now, when we're out there and we're hearing the, oh, I got hacked. Okay, people aren't getting SIM swapped. I mean, sure, it happens. People aren't getting wrench attacks. Sure, it happens. People aren't getting these weird, crazy attacks. They are, yes, sure. You could probably tell me one person, but really most, I would say nine out of 10, if not 99 out of 100, hacks come from users connecting their wallets to malicious dApps or websites or just outright giving their seed phrase or private keys away to some fake tech support person. So a hardware wallet is, it can be for some people overkill, but I, I would recommend that if you actually want to have a future in crypto, like you've got to get a hardware wallet because it's just good practice. And it's more, it's, it's almost everything's penetrable, but it's almost impenetrable. It's like, significantly more degrees of protection and i have like a lot of hardware wallets a lot of them and they're all for different purposes they all do different things i have the one that i like to pretend like i'm going to bump out in the wild to someone who's going to accept crypto for whatever we're doing i like to pretend that's a reality so i got my bluetooth hardware wallet which is a little less secure but i don't carry my vault around then i have my vault that's like probably it takes a little too long to get to maybe but still having degrees. Hmm. Great point. Um, Hexagon contractor. Yeah, I'm Trezor too. Cool. I would highly recommend a hardware wallet. Yep. Yes, sir. And then two thumbs up. I think that was the question. Okay. So you posted this KG on your Twitter just today. And I want to cover this. So you wrote, it's a Napoleon Hill quote. Boastfulness is generally an admission of an inferiority complex. And uh, I love that. Um, And uh, Napoleon Hill has a ton of knowledge. So we were talking, you know, I mentioned this before we kind of got on here. I'm a huge Napoleon Hill fan. Anyone that I talk to, I said, before you read anything, read this book. Um, Because it's just like, once you understand that everything is a thought or starts at a thought, and then you can get better and better at changing your conscious thoughts as well as, you know, your subconscious thoughts through the different practices shown in that book, there's so much further you can go. So like, for example, you at one point probably thought I'm going to make a badass wallet. And that started as a thought. And then you had that definition of purpose that Napoleon Hill talks about. And here we are, you're raising millions of dollars, you know, for internet money and the internet money wallet. Can you talk to me a little bit about um, that book specifically, if that impacted you or any other books and kind of the philosophy you have to kind of, accomplish different goals in your life absolutely like like i was saying backstage one of my favorite talk uh topics the the point you made about the vision in your mind people can call it woo woo whatever but actually just breaking it down 
with deductive reasoning from even a logical standpoint. Everything you're, wherever you're at right now, look around in your room, whoever you are listening, everything you see, everything you're wearing, everything you're interacting with was an idea in someone's mind first. There is nothing that you can see, touch, feel, eat, smell here that wasn't an idea. Well, maybe eat and smell. Okay, I'll take it back. Created by humans that wasn't an idea in someone's mind first. It all starts as an idea. That's why Albert Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge. Hmm. Now, I don't know if it's more important. They're probably equally as important. You got to have the imagination and then you got to have the knowledge. But the point is, is it starts here. And think and grow rich it actually came to into my life at a very pivotal time when I was still a waiter and hmm. I was transitioning into real estate. And it was kind of this, this guy who was actually the dishwasher at the restaurant. He was the one who really pushed me to read it. And it was funny because you wouldn't, Oh, this is the guy at the, the dishwasher at the restaurant. What does he know about being a millionaire and being successful? But he played Morpheus to me. And this book you know, I, I, I audio booked it. I'm more of an audio book guy. Yep. And so just like you said, you know, the, to the Uber driver, dude, when I was like just walking, just I had, when I was on an hour long drive or at whatever I was doing, I was just trying to absorb as much of this information as possible. And think and grow rich was one of the earliest books in my, like, I don't know, spiritual entrepreneurial hyphen journey. And the book is, it's relevant for everybody. That's the beautiful thing. It doesn't matter what language, culture, religion, philosophy, gender, whatever. It's talking about principles of the human mind and how you can create the reality that you want to live in. So beautiful book, Napoleon Hill, beautiful human being. Yeah, I totally agree. And for those of you guys that are watching, um, if you go to YouTube, type Think and Grow Rich, this is a free audiobook. So you don't even oh, have wow. to buy it. Just go here. Um, let me actually put the link in the chat. Um, and this makes it easy. You don't have to spend any money. And this thing has more knowledge in it than, I mean, it just, honestly, it was the same thing for me, KG. It was like, I read this book and uh, I was doing very well from, you know, I was making a lot of money selling enterprise software, but um, I was not happy at all. And, um, and, uh, this book at the time I was, you know, at the time of my life, I needed something that can kind of take me out of, I don't want to use matrix, but it was kind of like the matrix or out of this, like I was supposed to go to college, get a good job, get married, then do all these things. But it's like, when you get into the job, you're just like, okay, well, the next thing is I can make more money. Well, I don't really care about that. You know, at a, after a certain point, I'm like, I don't really care at all about that. And it was kind of like the book is like, find your definition of purpose. And for me, it's like when that became clear for me, it's like even if I took one centimeter steps, it was towards a North Star versus trying to change, chase your tail. And I think that was the big part of it. It's just like um, Bruce Lee has a great like definition of purpose kind of paragraph where he wants to be the best awesome, right? Like he, he wrote in cursive. It was on one note card and basically he wanted to be an amazing martial artist and I think make like $10 million um, in a year or something like that. And it doesn't have to be money related, but it was like when that became clear to me, kind of writing that on a note card, visualizing doing that, 
kind of trains in your subconscious to only think of those kind of things. I mean, the fact that you like it and I like it and we don't, we didn't know each other. And now we got to know each other. It's kind of like the same kind of thing. It's like, if you're on a path and you have a specific purpose, the other people who are on a similar path will also meet you because you're probably thinking of the same things, doing the same things are looking to accomplish things. And you kind of naturally attract to those kind of people. So that for me was really life-changing because it was like, it wasn't that I needed to know a million things or have all the knowledge in the world. It was, I needed to know what I wanted to do, how I want to accomplish it, what the purpose was, and then I'll figure out the stuff along the way that will help me kind of get there. I don't know if you had a kind of similar experience. Well said all around. And when you're saying that the thought that came to my mind was real, recognize real. And that's true for whether it's this or whatever it is you're doing in life we are attracted to the things that resonate with us. And, you know, if I start dropping words like vibration, everyone's like, mm, yeah, well, antenna's going to go up. But no, it is degrees of vibration. I mean, look, we learned in elementary school, there's solids, liquids, and gases. Matter, existence is literally vibrating. That's a, If you believe in science, that is a scientific fact. So why is it that, oh, wait, no, everything's vibrating but humans, even though we're solids, liquids, and gases. Okay, so we're just exempt from vibrating? All right, mm. well, that's interesting. I wonder why. And the, the thing you said, definiteness of purpose, that's a very important idea. One issue that I encountered within myself and that I see all the time with this definiteness of purpose is people try to manufacture it. They try to go out and say, I think I should be this and therefore I'm going to try to be motivated to do this. Like you said, with going to school and or getting or sorry, getting married and having the job and going to school, like doing all those things. What I've noticed, it's the easiest thing in concept, but the hardest thing to actually do is just be honest and authentic with yourself. Who am I? What fulfills me? What do I want to do in this life? And if you follow that path, the definiteness of purpose just continues to come to you. There, the desire is endless because you're being true to yourself, even if that means you switch lanes, yeah. even if that means you go and do, as long as you're staying authentic to yourself, you're going to have an endless stream of motivation, at least in my experience and others who share this similar mindset. And so my, my ultimate point there is don't look outward for that desire. Don't look outward for that definiteness of purpose. Don't try to create it and, and curate it. Look inward and allow it to reveal itself to you. Yeah, that's such a good point. And um, I, I had the same problem. That's why I had to read the book multiple times. I had to read it like four or five times. I still read it all the time um, because it gives you those reminders. And I think you made a good point. When I lift, when I first left corporate America, like my goal there was like, I want to be a CEO of a major company, you know? And then when I did more research and I did more soul searching, I'm like, I, that's actually hell for me. I would hate to do something like that. I just like how I would be perceived by other people yes. for doing a job like that. I, I actually thinking about that, you have all these people, you have to deal with HR, you got to deal with operations, you got to deal with, you know, if you're a uh, you know, publicly traded company, you have to deal with, you know, uh, the people that are shareholders, uh, deal with the media in that kind of way. And I'm just like, you know, that actually sounds like hell. 
I don't want to do that by any means. Actually, it's the furthest thing that I want to do. Um, and I think that's kind of what led me to crypto. It's kind of the self-sovereignty. There's a decentralized kind of thing. And you kind of like in this world, it's like it's if it's great people, you'll gravitate towards them because it's more of a decentralized community versus, you know, here's the keys to this company and here are all the people. Yeah, you can clean house, but it's like there's only so much you can do within those constraints. And I think the more time that went on, I'm like, I was a little bit more honest with myself. I was like, no, that's my pride, actually. That that's the reason why I want to do, you know, be a you know big CEO or whatnot. And it got closer and closer. I was like, well, I love crypto. I love investing. I love streaming. Um, I love building things. So why don't I spend my time doing those things? Because they're core to who I am. And I think the my true purpose and why I'm here versus trying to get all the accolades, get a pat on my back, recognition, all those things, which uh, are not super important. So I think what you said is super important. The more you read the book, um, the more you realize, you know, you kind of like shed different skins of yourself of like, oh, that's not truly who I am, but you kind of have to put in the work and you have to be very honest with yourself. And I lied to myself for the first couple of years reading the book. First of all, I'm proud of you. Hope that doesn't come off as weird, but like yeah. take, taking that step is huge and it is scary and it is hard. And it's not just like, oh, you know, I'm going to walk away from all this that I've worked towards and established and face the opinions of others. And no, it's not an easy step, man. So kudos to you. Happy to hear that you've taken that step and that you're working towards a more authentic lifestyle for yourself. Ultimately, that is in my opinion, the way to be. And I really mean that in whatever it means for the individual. It could be a completely opposite of how I live my life. No judgments. It's you. Because in this, in this existence, in this reality, in this, the grand scheme of the multiverse, beyond my mind's wildest comprehension, there is a mathematical calculation that accounts for every reality manifesting. And so I am one of those calculations or a piece of it. You are, he is, she is, they are. We all are playing our part. And imagine a reality where everybody, and it, look, it's a utopian ideal. I get it. I get it. But just imagine, let's, let's pretend in La La Land. Yeah. A reality where everybody was living their authentic truth, whatever that meant, we would still have every single person we have today. There would be, there would still be McDonald's people. There would still be, you know, CEOs. There would still be garbage men. There would still be teachers. There would still be everybody because those things have to occur. There would just be people in those roles that wanted to be there. How crazy would that be? Mm. If everybody was where they wanted to be. We would probably have such. And look, it's utopian. I know it's never going to happen, but it would probably just be happier, more lighthearted, more just fun reality to be in. Yeah. And I think even if everybody that may be utopian, but just of having the vibe out there of that kind of mindset will allow people to not run into the problem I did earlier on, which is, uh, you know, care about what other people think, but to, the norm to be more 
do what's kind of core to you and your purpose and all that stuff. And the more that vibe is out there, the more comfortable people will be in taking those, you know, extra steps. You're right. And it, it's scary to go out there and say, hey, look, I have to live my life regardless of what my parents, my friends, my partner, my whoever, regardless of what they say about it. It's a very scary way to live. But what you're doing, not only for yourself, is once you get, look, if you plant a fruit tree, it's hard work. You got to tend to it for years. But at the end of it, you get delicious fruit. Same thing with this. You're going to be a torchbearer because by you living your authentic truth, you're basically giving somebody else the permission, the validation in them living their authentic truth. And so going, tying that all back into Napoleon Hill, to me, whether it's philosophy, religion, Napoleon Hill, whatever it is, it all goes back to going within and knowing yourself and whatever that means. And that being the foundation for everything you do. To build on that KG, the, one of the other chapters talks about the mastermind. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, that's something that was also a really difficult part of my journey still is, which is a certain you at a certain year is here and you're hanging out with these people. But then as you do the soul searching and the deafness of purpose becomes a lot clearer and you stop lying to yourself and you're more true to who you are, maybe you don't vibe with those people in your life 100%. at that time. Did you have struggle with that particular area too? Yes. And I don't really have as many friends as I used to. Not, not because I said F you to everybody, but just because as I was living my life, we just naturally grew apart because they they were focused on things that to me were lower vibratory ways of life. I didn't just care about partying every night. I'm sure I like to party sometimes, but there's more to it for me. And so, yes, you will absolutely, almost certainly lose friends. And, and again, it won't even be some big fight. It's just you will just naturally... Like I used to be a huge gamer playing video games all the time, hours and hours and hours. And now I don't stick my nose up to video games. I play sometimes, but I just don't like it. But like some of my friends and people that I would use to hang out with, they're still entrenched into video games. And it's just like, hey, let's hang out. Let's play video games. It's like, it just doesn't even sound fun anymore. It sounds like I would be uncomfortable and out of my element and Nothing wrong with video games. So I'm not saying anything negative about video games. That's just my personal experience. You will outgrow people. And that's okay. Because what you'll find is certain people start to act as anchors for your ship. And people want to hold back. Because mm -hmm. by you being held back, you validate their crummy way of existence. You validate their shortcomings. You say, because if you're out there growing and succeeding, well, then that means, holy moly, Okay, it's not society anymore. It's me. And yeah. people don't want to be validated in their lower self. So you will, and you will also face, it's, it's like literally, it's like a science. I could almost spell it all out. You start mm -hmm. going on your path, you're going to find people that say, oh, that's crazy. Don't do that. Do the safe thing. Work the 40 hour a week. Work the 401k that you're going to work there for 39 years and they're going to steal it from you on the last month. Go ahead and do that. 
you know, go into school to go to college for four years, six years and rack up a hundred thousand dollars in student debt that you'll pay off to your 50. Yeah. Do that because going out and starting your own business, it, it, it it's not going to work. It's like, well, okay, you're going to get those people. They're anchors, sell your ship, get the anchor out of the water and do it. Bring people on your crew, make your shipmates, people that want to sail the world with you surround yourself with the right crew. Yeah. And, and to that point, I think sometimes meeting us, you know, we were strangers up until, uh, you know, today, sometimes you're closer with strangers sometimes <laughs> and it, it's a lot easier. Cause it's like, I, I forgot the, the proverb was like, you can't be a prophet in your own town or something like that. It's something along those lines where basically you're basically a reflection of people. If they don't, if they decide not to grow and you do, but you guys went to the same job and, you know, you hung out at the same place and all that stuff. And you're doing all this other stuff now and they're not doing it. They're going to reject you. And, and I, honestly, that was really tough for me um, because it's like at a certain point, if you do all the work that's necessary, you're kind of like a lone wolf. And, uh, and it takes a while to see other lone wolves that are on that same journey to kind of come together um, but it's definitely worth it. It's just a huge adjustment because everything about your life that you thought was true or uh, that held everything together, you're going to shake the foundation of that. Oh, and yeah. that's going to cause a lot of, you know, trouble you're gonna in kick the short the term. Yeah. You're going to kick the beehive. But once, once that hive settles down, you know, and everything starts working in harmony again, that's when the honey is produced. And Bob Proctor. Do you like Bob Proctor, by the way? Love Bob Proctor. R.I.P. Bob Proctor. Yeah. He died. He died. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. This year. This year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to cry right now. I didn't know, I know that. Dude. I know. He, I he know got that. me into everything. Yeah. He was my entry into Napoleon Hill. He died? Yeah. Oh, my God. I yeah. am like, Bob Proctor played such an integral role in my life, dude. Yeah. All right, look, if, if you're out there, oh, man, R.I.P. Bob, dude. Yeah. Bob is such incredible. Dude, he has one of the most incredible stories. Mm -hmm. Anybody out there, if you like listening, look, he has an eight-hour seminar called You Were Born Rich. Mm -hmm. you, if you haven't heard it, dude, he did it in like the 80s or the 90s when this was like still really weird to people. Yeah. It wasn't in the meta. And he's out there talking to crowds of people. He's like, if you see it in your mind. And it's like he got mainstream. He was one of the, in my opinion, one of the most integral parts to like the mainstream acceptance of these ideas. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I wouldn't have never read that book if it wasn't because Bob Proctor is, you know, because Napoleon Hill wrote it a hundred years ago or so, or like, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so Bob modernized it um, to a point where it's really under, you can understand it. And then, he had this like graph that he made where it's like the, I think it was the conscious mind and then the subconscious yeah. mind. That was what made everything make sense to me. And it's just like, oh, okay. And then Bob, he wrote it on the whiteboard too. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but he was the best. And yeah, it made me very sad. I feel like he was my wise grandpa or something. No, oh, here it is. Well, the, show me. the reason I brought him up was a quote that I, I live by actually he brings it up in this video that you're showing the picture. Okay. He has a video called fear. It's about fear. I can share. It's like 18 minutes long. And in the in the video, he quotes Joseph Campbell and says the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. 
And Bob talks about in this is this is a video I literally I refer back to like at various points in my life because he talks about okay, whenever you're going on these journeys, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna encounter what he calls the terror barrier. Yep. And you you once you meet it, you have two options. You're either gonna bounce off of it and revert back, or you're gonna crash through it. And crashing through it inevitably causes waves. Mm. And that means waves in your family, waves with your friends, waves within yourself. So Man, that just threw me for a loop. But yeah, watch the the fear, the Bob Proctor fear video. Great video. Um, Courtney writes, um, they have the Bob Proctor Gallagher Institute still going and they have some of Bob's apprentices working now and they have daily emails. Okay, interesting. Yes, I think Sandy is running with that ball. Forget camels. Wait, I'm not sure what this is. Fast Abdul. He's, he's another admin in the community. Sacrifice for WD, better business model. Okay. Uh, i learned a lot about the subconscious mind from bob rap yeah it's too bad um yeah so yeah so he was he was actually a big influence uh for me and then honestly when i read any personal development book i was like oh you just took a piece of think and grow rich and you could create a book on each one of those 17 or 13 principles or whatever um that were there just like mastermind is one you know deafness of purpose um there's another one where like an interesting one where like you visualize like your heroes and you like a council you know like if you like elon musk and you know if you liked uh you know richard hart or whatever it is you can have that council there and just kind of think through a problem say what would this person say or that person say and now we have so much access to content you can really probably simulate a conversation with some people I love that you brought this point up and now I, I'm going to, I'm going to drop a conspiracy theory. If you okay. want to call it that about Napoleon Hill, I haven't seen it anywhere else out there. So I could be a kook, but I, I think it makes sense. So in that chapter you're talking about where he talks about his council, that he, I think like Abraham Lincoln, Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Dale Carnegie, you know, all mm-hmm. these different people that he looked up to dead or alive he visualizes them in this room and he would ask certain questions to them to get their answers. All right. So you know how in the book he talks about having interviewed all these hundreds of men and women, right? Presidents and everything. Well, there's really no historic count of any of it. Hmm. What if the entirety of everything was visualization? Wow. What, What if his meeting with Dale Carnegie was visualization? What if his meeting with Wrigley was visualization? What if all of it, the entirety of his writing was just visualization. I don't know. Wow. That's in- that's an interesting take, and and honestly, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. I wouldn't say. Yeah, that's in- that's a really good take. Um, so so because you know he's like, oh, I I I counseled. Uh, was, was it Teddy Roosevelt? Maybe was the president. I, I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Just like, but really, you don't have a picture with any of them. Not a single mm. anything with any of them. And look, I don't care. So people will be like. Oh, he's a liar and discredit him. But it's like, well, maybe he was just really that in tune and he could just, you know, the advice he would give would sound something just like uh, Andrew Carnegie would give. So it's like, you know, what's, what's the problem, right? The knowledge is the same, whether he really met the people or not. Also time will tell, like the fact that we're talking about that book, uh, like in, I don't know when it was written early, like that shows that there's truths to it that outlives i mean the book like even if that youtube link that i sent everybody like 
it's like an older guy's voice and it's like you know it's not somebody from like today's age or whatever but still like the fact that people are still listening to that just shows that it's like packed and packed with truths and wisdoms that you know live until today many of the books that are written now it's just like oh what what can i create in 3 months and i push this out here do an ebook do this kind of book and whatever it is and it's like you know past 6 to 12 months no one's going to touch that book again you know versus books like this, this is why i really like older books like dale carnegie has a great book too how to win friends and influence people i think it's called yep. um but that's a sales book everyone in sales had to read um you know and i read that book and i was like whoa that's it seems like very basic stuff but it's like no you got to go back to the basics sometimes um to get a sense of like you know how do you treat people how do you have friends and um you know how do you have respect for other people and then you know, with, um, you know, uh, think and grow rich. It's just like, well, how to set, how do you set a path for your life and the right mindset and the right people, um, and the right principles to kind of live by. So I thought that was, um, uh, that was huge. Um, you know, big book. Do you have another book like that? That's kind of impacted you in a similar way. Another one by Napoleon Hill specifically is outwitting the devil. I don't know if yep. you've read that one. Yeah. I've read that one. Yeah. Actually, Hotep Jesus, who was on my podcast, he's a big Think and Grow Rich guy. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and he recommended Outwitting the Devil. He's like, if you like Think and Grow Rich, this is that on steroids. Yeah. It is. And I actually, I again, I, there's this, I can share it on YouTube. It gets taken down. And so like the, the uploader continues to like change the name. So it's like obscure. But basically he recorded the book because it's just a conversation between Napoleon and the devil. And so he does the the whole conversation. He has a voice for Napoleon and he has a voice for the devil. So it's like actually engaging because you're not like listening to a book. You're listening to a conversation, which is so interesting. Right. And for those out there listening, it's not, you know, the Christian devil. It's the devil that embodies, at least is how I perceived it. The devil as embodying like the negative parts, fear, you know, there is good, there is evil and he basically what Napoleon Hill is doing this he, dude man yeah. was in, he was more than a self-help self-help oh yeah wait, what self-help self author. Yeah. author he was he was a philosopher he was he was beyond he's literally saying he's he so intimately understands the human psyche that he can personalize evil personify evil mm. and be so mellow and approach him on the level that he's just able to be have a conversation, sit with him knee to knee. Hey, you're not going to trick me. You're not going to manipulate my mind. So let me shake hands with you. Let me let me just talk to you. And dude, some of the things that this guy writes are just like he goes into like children. He goes into everything. It was you know you can agree or disagree with some of it personally, but it was great. And look, he's writing, dude. He's writing in the Great Depression. When, yeah. the, when the American psyche was as low and just degraded and demotivated, he's like, hey, let's talk about things that are beautiful. Like, man, he's incredible. Oh, and other books too, but besides Napoleon Hill, I, you know, on a more like spiritual, there's a book called The Kybalion. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not too long. It's, but it's like distilling reality. It's a little more like existential, I guess, but from a philosophical or spiritual standpoint, that book also motivates me. What did you say the name was again? The Kybalion. Oh. And it's, it's written by three initiates, the, you know, 
some people speculate who the author is, but there's a there's an, a historic character. You know, he could be real, could not be real. Who knows? His name is Hermes Trismegistus and wrote this collection called the Emerald Tablets. And it was all this type of stuff. I mean, about thousands of years ago or hundreds or mm-hmm. however long ago. And the modern, it's the modern distilling of the Emerald Tablets. Like this whole new vibration, manifesting your dreams into reality, all this. This is a new age stuff. This this is literally from time immemorial. Some of the oldest writings about how to be a successful human talks about this. So this isn't new. And the, the Kybalian kind of speaks to that in a, in a, a different way. Uh, Zen Zen, right? I love this. It's so great to see minds melding like this. Great combo. Mastermind right here. This yeah. is the mastermind in real time. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Zen Zen. Um, loving the conversation. Awesome. So I had, so you talked about conspiracy theories. This is kind of out of left field. Um, but do you have any thoughts on aliens, UFOs, those kind of things? Because it's like the more, there's more and more information coming out, but we know that there are government psyops and things like that too, that go on. And maybe there's this information and stuff that goes on. Do you have strong thoughts on this and even if you don't like what are your general thoughts all right you're gonna you're gonna dox me here as a, as a kook okay, okay. now I, I don't say that term derogatory i i recognize like some of the things we're talking about are like people are like what the hell you know they're going there and so i should stop saying that word but so it, it's has a little bit of a longer answers but but bear with me on it so yes aliens but I, I think they're a little more reasonable than the main, we make them out to be mainstream. Mm-hmm. So imagine early Earth. We have all these different pockets of civilization, right? They all have this great knowledge about manifesting dreams into reality, building pyramids, crazy crop fields, advanced societies. We had pharaohs. Where did, how did we go from zero to pharaoh? Like, 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 you know, like how, how, how did that happen? So that question right there, zero to Pharaoh, I think, okay, well, what if the early Pharaohs here on earth or the early Kings or whatever they were called in their civilizations were actually my, they actually migrated from another planet or another, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they took with them the knowledge and the power or maybe they, yeah, the knowledge and the power that they had from their planet came here on earth, used the resources they had to be the Kings. Cause like, look at it. And, and this is, this will all tie it all back into aliens. I promise. So then like today we have Elon Musk and other groups trying to go to Mars. Well, if Elon Musk was the first human on Mars, would he not be the Pharaoh of Mars? Would he not write the history? Would he not spell the narrative of humanity and how great I am as Mr. Human. So with that said, I think that, what we're seeing with Mars or wherever we're trying to go is a reflection of where we came from. And so I think that aliens are probably humans that have evolved or advanced to such a point that they seem foreign to us. But I think that it's probably our inevitability, right? We're probably going to be intergalactic beings. We're already kind of there. We have a freaking space station that people live on Hmm. and 
as we grow our minds and this the knowledge transfer of humanity becomes more interconnected and more instant our bodies are like atrophying in a way right we have obesity and we have like just like like not musk like i'm dude i'm not obese but like i'm not like a muscular guy like i'm just a, a computer nerd so like we're needing our bodies less and less and it's becoming more and more about our minds and that's why you see these depictions of aliens they have huge brains and right. big eyes because they're intergalactic beings so i think that we see humans evolve into what we call aliens and what where we came from is what we would call aliens so yes i think they exist but i just think they're either earlier or more advanced humans probably do you know graham hancock yes 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 yeah yes, yes. i love him um and uh, I, I, I kind of have a similar, like, I, I, I believe in it too. I believe that aliens exist, but I think to your point, this old earth where we lost knowledge and like the civilization rose again, then we lost knowledge again through some ca catastrophe probably happened. And what's more likely what he says, what he argues at least is like those Mayans were like, that stuff was already built. And then a civilization came to that and kind of lived in it like the Mayans. So that's an, another interesting thing sure. is like maybe something was destroyed and somebody inhabited that later. How about in terms of um, us being visited? Like for example, Bob Lazar or those kind of people that talk about one of them, he said was like a 20,000 year old spaceship in one of the spaceships he found. Some of them were a little bit newer, but how about in terms of like retrieve craft or them visiting us today or from, and we think that it's from another planet. Sure. And even if my theory that I just said, maybe it is completely unrelated to humans, but yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, this space time continuum is beyond the human mind's ability to comprehend the moment. Okay. So we have universes, galaxies, we have multiverses, we have the multiverse of multiverses, and it gets so big and so small that our minds literally cannot comprehend the knowledge anymore. So do I think that it's crazy to say there's another life form that's more advanced that can travel to our planet? No, I kind of think it's crazy to say the opposite. Yeah. Like it makes more sense that there's other life out there. And yeah, you've probably been visited. I mean, yeah, I'd say so. Why not? Unless all yeah. these people are lying or there's like some mass hallucination. I mean, that's kind of the only other thing, right? Is everybody lying? Sure. Probable. Yeah. And if there were aliens, they're definitely using internet money wallet. I'll tell you 100%. 100%. Expectation of aliens. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny. Uh, somebody just wrote, God damn, you just tripped me out. I'm faded. All right, crypto craze. Happy to help. Um, awesome. There was a couple questions here. We'll get back into that stuff. This is the stuff I love. I love crypto and this. I mean, this is my two favorite Me too. Uh, topics. All right. Is it possible that in the future the IAM token will be the only currency except, oh, I might have read that subconsciously, only accepted in trade with aliens? You know, that's the goal. The, the, yeah. the intergalactic currency. Yes, sir. Yeah, there's interoperability and intergalactic. <laughs> We're that together. Intergalactic <laughs> interoperability <laughs> there you go <laughs> um all right oh my boy dixon back uh we need to get that them thumb up yep that's right thumbs insider that's what your name is 
<laughs> I was thinking. Uh, yeah. While we're at this, is the earth really a sphere? Okay. Oh, man. I don't know. Pro probably. I mean, yeah. look, I, I, I hear the, I hear the argument for both sides, but the ultimate truth is I don't know. It could be flat. It could be a sphere. A sphere. On one level, I don't care. On another level, it's probably a sphere unless there is, again, and look, I don't discount, but unless, again, there is some grand conspiracy that every photo we've ever seen, every video we've ever seen, every science experiment we've done is some grand cabal and some grand lie, which, again, is possible. I'm not saying it's not. It's just probably a sphere. Um, let's share those opinions as well. Um, so I have here one other thing I want to cover. We talked about the sacrifice. Anything else you wanted to talk in regards to that? Before I forget, I want to, before we go on a tangent here, anything else in regards to that KG you wanted to cover? Uh, one day left, 24 one hours left. and, or maybe 29 hours, whatever. And that's it. If you want to get passive income in the form of BNB and ETH and every other native coin that we launch the dividend token on, the way to do that is by sacrificing. And if you don't participate, then you have. If you want to get in later, then you'll have to buy it off of the open market from somebody. So we will be streaming tomorrow, leading up to the end of the sacrifice. So okay. you know you, you can watch that. If you have any questions and you know you're on the fence, or you just even if you don't sacrifice, you just have questions about the wallet, you can join our Telegram channel. We're very active in there, answering all questions. Thanks, Raj. I I hope so. No expectations, of course, but man, I hope that's absolutely the case. Oh yeah, and we'll visit Mars together. Yes, we will. Um, so kind of KG, like is there, what's that? Kind of like Earth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except worse. Um, <laughs> Uh, is there anything else you do? Like, so this type of stuff obviously really interests you, but what other, what other things outside of crypto do you pay attention to? You know, philosophy. And, so comparative religion and philosophy is my, one of my main hobbies. And so just studying different religions, philosophies that, you know, I, I don't ascribe to any one. So just, mm -hmm. I like, I like trying to answer the three big questions of where do we come from, what are we doing here, and where are we going. I skateboard. I like hip-hop. Hmm. married. I have two children. So outside of crypto. Do you, do you rap? Yes, but... Oh, shit. Okay. But I wouldn't... I, I'm a pretty nerdy rapper. I, I articulate very... <laughs> I, I actually like that's another style. We need an internet money song. You need a banger, man. And by the way, I rap too. If you need a, if you need a co-rap, yeah. <laughs> actually, there's a an artist in the community. His name is Bass God, uh -huh. and we we made an internet money track. I'll share it with you. Oh hell yeah! He, I didn't rap on that one. I did more. I just like talked. But uh -huh. actually, he's done three beats with like that were ciphers. And other people in the community. So I, I'm on three ciphers where I just come in with like a verse. Wow. I got to see these. I'll share with you. I'll share them with yeah. you. Some of them are kind of embarrassing, but hey, you know, I do what I can. I enjoy it. Whether it's good or bad, I enjoy it. That's all yeah. I Yeah. I love it too. I'm trying to hook it up in some way. There's this device that I found. It was called a Zoom. I think it's like V3 or something like that. 
essentially is like it does auto tune it does harmony it does all this stuff and i was like how fun would it be like during a stream you throw an instrumental beat on with the mic and the effects and you know just make it fun do you freestyle i do i can beatbox if you want to get put on if you want to be put on the spot right now i can drop me freestyling <laughs> i need to be i need to be hydrated <laughs> i need to have some liquid courage in me and maybe some other stuff otherwise it's, uh, it's pretty brutal i understand yeah. completely i understand yeah. completely. but do you watch harry mack do you know harry mack i do see that guy is wow he, he flows he goes off wow he absolutely does yeah i've seen some of the stuff i get what he does though like i get how good he got it's just like if you've done that let's say a thousand times or two thousand times people wear nikes people wear adidas they're going to have a black shirt on mm. um there's going to be kids there's going to be a guy to your left a woman to your right so if you have enough reps in you yes. can have different variations of that but still the guy is a master at his craft you're right you know there yeah. there, there is a muscle to it you know I, look i'm by no means the best freestyler on the planet but over time i continue to get better i continue to find and I'm sure you can say this too, like more words that fit together. You know, like I have some go-to bars, right? If I'm mm -hmm. stuck, like I'll try to work oh, yeah. them in and, and build yeah. off of that, right? We all got our go-to bars. Yeah. So, you know, and like imagine th there was this one freestyle with Eminem on Tim Westwood like 10 years ago. And he starts off kind of awkward and, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable, but then he works into it and he's like changing his pitch. He's singing he's, and he just goes yeah. off for like seven minutes or something. And it's just like, it takes like genius to do that. Like thinking of words that quick, that actually makes sense that flow for that long. Oh, yeah. 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 It doesn't take anything away from it at all. It's more like, I was like, this looks impossible. Like how could you do it? And then finally after watching, I was like, okay, I get how you can build up to yes. this, but like, still, I'm just like, what? Yeah. Especially like you said, he changes rhythm and there's one part where like, he's like, and he's speaking in that level of speed. And I'm just like, and rhyming and talking about different things and i'm just like this is absurd it's absurd yes 100 yeah. and yeah, talk like about a, a guy that has definite of purpose like oh. how many people did he tell that you know how many people did he say oh i'm gonna be a freestyle rapper do all this and they're like what are you talking about and the fact look what he does every day definite purpose freestyle rap he goes yes. he's the biggest guy on the you know in terms of rapping probably on tiktok the internet all that stuff goes viral you're right. That is another example of definiteness of purpose. And yeah, he probably caught a lot of flack, but he saw the vision. He knew his skills and he kept, he kept pursuing. And there he is. Here he is. We all know him. Um, we got a question here from Lily says, how do you think the crypto community will fight against governments that want to impose CBDC? What does the future look like? Will there be two different financial streams? Hmm. Well, the government wants you to use their money. So it's probably going to be financial warfare. I don't know how it's going to play out. Maybe they maybe they get violent. Maybe it's just, hey, we freeze your bank account. I don't know. But they're not going to, they being the government of your jurisdiction, most likely is not going to want crypto to be successful because it takes economic energy away from them. And it takes relevance and power away from them. So they're going to continue to try and 
get their hand into regulation in crypto because if it's regulated and they can punish you, they can control you. And so we have to be very careful about the regulation that we push for in crypto because some of it is giving up our power. And there's something for there's something to say for a give and take because we have power over the legacy system in a way. And so we just have to tread very lightly. And I don't I don't think that there's ever going to be a future where the government's just like, yeah, use your mm. crypto. Let's make it easy. Spin your ETH yeah. here. No, they want you to use their money. You stop using their money, they lose power because money is what controls the game that we play. So there will probably be two different financial streams and they will probably battle each other in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I think that's good thoughts on that. Um, any plans of integrating non-EVM chains in the future? I think we cover this. Yes, the answer is yes, but um, in the future. We're going to focus now is the the answer. Um, Nitin, I don't believe so. I think that was in regards. No, th that I don't believe so. It is. There will be plans, but just not now. Um, is there a link where I do I sacrifice? What's the return based on? Where do I find more info? So I can't I can't speak to returns, right? Because I would be setting expectations of profit, which I cannot do. But if you go to internetmoney.io forward slash sacrifice, oh yep, uh Shahan just dropped it in chat. You you can see the rules there. All you do to actually make the sacrifice is you look at the accepted assets and you send them to the address on that page from your wallet that you own the private keys to. And there is a calculator at the bottom of the sacrifice page where you can play around with the numbers, whatever you think the wallet can do. And those are real calculations based on the numbers that you put in. So we left that completely open for your interpretation of whatever you think the wallet is capable of. Awesome. Fast Abdul says KG will be the leader of the revolution. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Wagner, we're all going to make it, guys. There you go. Got three thumbs up there. Um, KG, was there anything else that you want to cover? Otherwise, I would just like to say this was an unbelievable conversation. I'm so glad <laughs> to have met you. I wish you all the luck with the final hours of internet money, just knowing you now and knowing your background, uh, not financial advice, but you guys met him too with me on the stream. I mean, you're an awesome guy. Um, so I know that there's a very bright future uh, for this project and your career. Um, so I just wanted to thank you for that. But was there anything else that you want to cover before uh, we kind of close shop? Appreciate the kind words. I appreciate you allowing me to talk to your community coming on your stream, spreading the good word, you being a part of the internet money community. My parting words would be join the telegram. You can either go to the website, internetmoney.io and click join our community. It'll take you there. Or if you're on telegram, just search internet money. IO that's the username. That is the best way to stay up to date in our Twitter as well, but we're active. We're very active in the telegram. We are answering questions you can ask about crypto. You can talk about crypto. It doesn't have to just be our tokens, our project. You know, we're very open to those things. So it's a great place to learn and grow. And sacrifice ends in one day. Awesome. And then I'm just going to post your 
Somebody wanted to know your YouTube channel. Let me just find it really quick. Brother KDG. Okay, so brother. Or if you go to my website, it's kg.money. You can see all my links there. Or my Twitter, brother KDG. Perfect. So let me post this one. So this is the YouTube channel. Yes, sir. Yep, that's just my handle everywhere on Twitter, Telegram, Brother KDG. Same same handle. Well, Brother KDG, thank you so much for joining, man. Let's do this again very soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me on. We'd love to. Okay.